Welcome to Greater Conversations with Jana Spica and her spicy friends. Hope you'll enjoy um, our smattering of conversations and musings and prayers and revelations and things as we try to live out a life of beautiful tension with the Holy Spirit. So far beyond what I can see. All right, Miss Crystal, today is a very interesting topic and it's going to be so fun, not really. I want to talk about death and dying and try not to be smart, smarty, funny about it. Okay, you do it. <laughs> but it is. We're a little giggly today. It's a little giggly today. It's a, it's a weird topic. But listen, here's the reason I'm going to talk about it. Because as you know, my mom and dad have just both gone home in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But prior to my mom and dad going home to be with the Lord, mm-hmm. one of the the greatest final gifts that they gave me over the last, let's say, seven years, eight years, um, was teaching me about dying. It's like I need to just write a book about it, but I want to just talk about it because I have, like, for example, in the last month, there's been several people who have had sudden deaths, mm-hmm. relatives or something, they've had heart attacks or yeah. car accidents, just bam, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And then there are a couple of people who have been diagnosed with sickness that's going to end in death, likely, unless the Lord intervenes. Yeah. And then some are at the end of their life, and so... They're aging and their body's going through that dying process. Yeah. And I listen to conversations that people are having or not having. Mm. And I just come back and reflect on the gift that my parents gave me by talking about death and preparing for it. Mm-hmm. So like both of your parents are living. Have you guys mm-hmm. talked about anything like oh, that? Oh, yeah. Because your dad had a, a stroke. Two strokes. Two mm-hmm. strokes. Four years ago. Yeah. Okay. Had you talked to them about that before he had that? Uh, not so much, Dad. Mom's made it really clear. Like she's even said she wants us to play zippity doodah at her funeral. I like, love that. <laughs> she's like, I'm with Jesus. I'm out of here. Oh my like, gosh, I love that. <laughs> so I mean, she's she's ready to be. I mean, not ready. She loves her grandkids and kids most of the time. Um, but she's said a little bit about. But my dad's a really. Uh, you've met my dad a couple of times. He's just a little. He's one of ten kids, mm-hmm. and he's one of the quieter of out of the real loud, real crazy, um, real wonderful people. Um, such an honor to be apart from them. Um, but he just says he doesn't want a big fuss. He's in heaven. Just thank the Lord for his life and and keep living yours. You yeah. know. So that's all they really talked. Kind of their wishes. You know, right. their desires. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. There's like the. There's some things that surround death and dying. One is, you know, we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about reconciliation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Reconciliation with your parents is a real thing. Yeah. Forgiveness, two-way forgiveness. I forgive you, you forgive me. Yeah. Is a real thing between parents. Every parent and child has to do it. There are no exceptions, you know, mm-hmm. except maybe Jesus and the father, you know, mm-hmm. that's maybe the only time it doesn't have to happen. Right. Yeah. But that is a conversation where you just own the hurt. You own the hurt that whether you meant to, on purpose, which sometimes we do, and some, and you didn't mean to. Yeah. You just own the hurt that the other person experienced, mm-hmm. uh, and that. Um, and I just want you, that actually doesn't always happen. That's oh, it, a gift. It often doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. I it, thought you just said that it has to happen. Well, in a healthy in a healthy right, world. Right. Sure. In a healthy world, in in our healthy world. So I guess that maybe I'm talking about because I'm going set yourself set your sights up mm. that that would be something that you would accomplish. Do you know what I mean? Because you and I have both seen 
what happens when someone dies and that doesn't happen. That right. forgiveness doesn't happen. That reconciliation mm. doesn't happen. Sometimes you can't help that. Like for, for Chuck's dad, uh, they had, uh, Chuck hasn't, Chuck and I have been married coming up on 32 years. I've never laid eyes on his dad. His dad has gone, he's oh, dead wow. now, but I've never met him. Chuck hasn't seen his dad since I think he was 21 years old. Wow. Even though he attempted that, there was just a, a true break from wow. the family. Mm-hmm. So never talked to him, never saw him again. So Chuck still had to do the forgiveness work and he still had to release his dad and forgive his dad. And so when his dad actually died, he wasn't consumed with all this regret yeah, because he'd already gone through, I forgive my dad. And, you know, Lord, I asked that my dad would be at peace with me. And, mm-hmm. you know, this, so when his dad actually died, we found out that he'd come to know the Lord, but when he actually oh. died, you know, Chuck had it like a piece about being able to just let him go. Right. Um, but I see what happens is people have conversations that need to happen. They don't have that conversation. And then instead of being able to just grieve, honestly, I miss you. I'm yeah. sad that you're not here. Yeah. There's all this regret and unresolved um, hurt Yeah. that muddies the grief. Do you know what I mean by sure, that? Sure. Because grief is its own thing, right? Mm-hmm. A sorrow, a sadness of the, of the soul that it's literally it's just it's a valley that just has to be walked through. And you walk that with the Lord at the right pace, at the right the pace, Lord, you know, you know, I love that he doesn't rush. And like some people's pace is different than right. others. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just like to encourage people about just having the conversation. So here's here's some nuggets. One is people who are older need to talk about this. Mm, yeah. I remember my mom and dad talking about uh, thank you for letting us talk about this. Because mm-hmm. my parents start talking about when they die, when they're gone, what it feels like, what it feels like that they are facing their own death. And I and I remember sitting at the dining room table and I just said, you guys, this is so hard. And like I started crying with this big old alligator tears. Yeah. You know, I said, I love you. I said, but this is so hard to talk about. And they go and my mom looked at me and she said, we want to talk about this. We want to talk about this with all of our children and our grandchildren so that they are at peace about it because this we're walking through this with the Lord ourselves. Right. And I just was going, okay. So mom said, it's okay that we cry. Let's just keep going. So mm-hmm. the three of us would just sit there and just cry and just mm-hmm. think about what it would be like and what they were afraid of, mm-hmm. you know, they, as they were facing death, what they were afraid of. Yeah. You know, it's like my mom, it's so interesting. My mom said, the one thing I don't want is, I don't want to be somewhere. I don't want to lose my mind and my ability that I'm just laying there and I can't communicate. Do you know that that is exactly what happened? Mm. My mom had a stroke yeah, and then she came home and she got to tell everybody goodbye, but she couldn't communicate. And I just going, Lord, my mom, this is the one thing my mom yeah. didn't want, you know, yeah. just like yeah. to bless her. And my dad was so, uh, f- so afraid of being in excruciating pain because my dad had, uh, back troubles, heart troubles, you know, like lots of complications. And so that was one thing that we were able to, you know, help him with. We were able to help him with through hospice to help him with medication so that he was able to pass peacefully. But just being able to hear that was what was so important to them Mm -hmm. to know that. um, But to have those conversations in advance so that when someone is dying or there's been a crisis, Mm -hmm. You're in the middle of a crisis and you go, now what do we do? Yeah. And then you're forced to make all these decisions. I don't know what they want. Right. Well, what do you think they want? 
And so then what happens is I watch this repeatedly. You make the decision. No, you to make the decision. Mm. No, let the parent make the decision. The parent's in crisis. They can't right. make that decision. Yeah. You know, going back and forth. And here's like one incredible nugget that my mom uh, taught me. I tell you that the, the last 10 years with my parents. The last what? 10 years mm-hmm. with my parents. Greatest deposit of my entire life. Wow. Far surpassing the upbringing. Wow. Their exiting was far better, their deposit that they gave me. Mom said, Jana, we're sitting here talking to you about things, and you're sitting and we're having this conversation, and you're talking in like your 50-year-old brain, and you think we're processing it the same way you're processing it with your 50-year-old brain. Mm-hmm. But our 50-year-old brain is not processing. Our 80-year, our my mom was like, uh, I'm 50, was 55. My mom was probably 85 at this time. Mm-hmm. And my mom's going, I'm not processing this the way you are. I can talk about it because I've thought about it so much, but my mind is slower. My ability to grab thoughts, to keep them, to be able to express them. And she said, the one thing that people don't realize is that your capacity for dealing with hard things also diminishes. Mm. Like is the same way that your memories start fading, your reflexes start fading, your capacity to handle hard things. You just get so overwhelmed. Yeah. And so it was out of those conversations. Like I noticed at first, these little telltale signs. What did the doctor say? And mom and dad would say different things. Oh, wow. Like and they were both there at the same time. They were both there. Hearing the same thing. Same thing. Right. So then I'm going back to my siblings and going, hey, I think we need to start having somebody go to the doctor. Because I'm not sure that they're remembering the most important thing or that they're getting their stuff straight. Right. And mom and daddy had no issue with that because they're going, we're doing the best we can yeah. with what we've got. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're tired. They're, they're tired. Brains. <laughs> they're tired and, the, yeah. and they don't feel good and they're just trying to work mm-hmm. through stuff. So there's something about being an asset. Here's one thing that I think is so biblical. And I think we, in our age of independence and the boomers going to live forever. And God forbid, we think we're going to look 20 forever. Let's just keep puffing it up and cutting it out and do whatever we got to do. We don't really have a lot of honor for death and dying. Yeah. So we try to sanitize it, make it real pretty and Mm. no pain, no ugly, no um, hurt. But I think one thing is that if you have the relationship, if you have the gift of the relationship with your parents, that you would come that there's a handoff where in the same way that they took care of you, there comes a point where the child is to help take care of the parent right? because they're at the end of what they can do. Now, you know, and I know there are some people that they drive the bus to the very end because they have the capacity to do it. Right. There's some people that play victim and they pull on their kids more than they need to. Mm. I got all those spectrums. Yeah. But in the middle is, Working towards your relationship so that when your parents are old and in need, you've done all the prep work that you can actually rise up to help them and help them make decisions. Right. Because I remember my dad and I, um, after my mom went home to be with the Lord, uh, my dad was still very with it. But then there was like this slow decline that started. And he would say, will you tell me when I start not remembering? Yeah. And, he, and when I can't keep things together. So I went, I will try. So when that happened, I started to go, Dad, do you remember that we had this conversation this morning? And that was not what you said. 
Mm-hmm. He goes, we've already talked about this today. And I said, yes. He goes, what did I, what did I say this morning? Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, well, that's what I really mean. I said, okay. So the conversation we've just had now is different from the conversation this morning. Yeah. You know, where's the truth in there? And he said, I just need you to help me keep things straight. Mm-hmm. And it was in those moments I thought, thank you, Lord, for all these conversations yeah. that happened before because I knew what his heart was. You know what I mean? Even when he couldn't keep things straight. Mm-hmm. So one of the things, and, and it's not always children. Mm-hmm. But all of us are going to die. Right. So like trying to have unless Jesus comes back first. Unless Jesus then comes I'm out of here, man. Out of here. here. We're out of here no matter what. Right, Either right. with him or <laughs> right. going to him or he's going to get us. Right, right. But there's something about having the conversations uh, like what your wishes are, what's important to you, not leaving things to the last minute, not being caught unaware. Yeah. That none of us have a promise not, none of us have a promise of how long we're going to live. And so it's like, I the Lord gave me this expression when my mom died that our view of heaven dictates our view of death. Hmm. So our view of heaven dictates our view of death. Yeah. And so like we don't grieve, we don't panic, we just prepare. Right. We prepare here because we know our home is there. Mm-hmm. But so many of us think that somebody else is going to carry all that weight. It's like we have groundwork to do now. Like I bless my parents. They took care of, they, we knew where their funeral was. They'd done that prepaid funeral thing. We knew this, we knew that, like tick, 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 you know, because they were preparing to go home and they had communicated their wishes, you know? So we did the same thing with their medical care. Mm. You know, nothing is worse than having an elderly person in the hospital and not knowing what their wishes are about. Do not resuscitate about feeding tubes, about, all kinds of intervention, you know, intervention because mm-hmm. there literally comes a time in dying when the most compassionate thing you can do is help that person die. Well, yeah. Not live forever. Cause they're not. Yeah. It's just to die. Well, so I just wanted to, it's something that buzzes in my heart a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like part of living well is preparing to die. Well, yeah. Cause I, I know I'm not going to be here forever. So I, I, this is crazy. This is the reason this is so in in my heart. You know, I was really sick a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I woke up out of a dead sleep with this incredible pain around my heart. And I thought, oh God, am I going home? Mm. It's like I was in such terrible pain. And I went, I've not written my letters to the girls and I've got letters to my people. I need to write letters. Mm. And so it was just like a wake up call. Janet, be prepared. Yeah. Don't put off things Mm -hmm. to be prepared for. Um, and also, I think the other thing I would say is, say what you need to say to people. Yeah. Say what you need to say. Make up. Make amends. Forgive, because we don't have any promises. Right. And just to have your heart, you know, uh, the Lord gave me the expression years ago about clean living. Mm-hmm. My heart's clean toward other people. I've done the work. I've forgiven. I've made amends where I could. And just try to communicate love and to love as you can, love as you go. Because none of us are promised anything. Mm-hmm. Isn't that such a heavy topic? Is that useful? It is. I think it is. And one thing that I, as you're saying this, scripture and Jesus says the best way. His be- he is the best way, right? And he says, honor your mother and father. And it's the first, what is it? The first commandment with a promise, you know, that y'all live a long life or whatever. Um, I don't mean, I'm not trying to be flippant when I said whatever. But um, so your parents set you up to fulfill that. 
because in their death you were honoring them. Yeah. You know? And so I feel like even I'm 40, but to do the same to my kids, I don't want my children to feel that weight of making those decisions. Cause I think, Oh, I'm 40. You know, I Lord willing, I got 50 more years ahead of me, you know, kind of thing. Um, but you're right. I think that is good conversations to have good details and good things to, um, just, just let them know. And we do want to live a life that is in light of eternity. You, you said, what was it that your mom said that our view of death is dictated by our view of heaven? No, that's what the Lord gave me. Our view of heaven dictates our view of death. Got you. Mm -hmm. The Lord just gave me that picture because when my mom died, the Lord just gave me this like supernatural encounter. I mean, she had just died. She had only been dead for 20 minutes. I mean, she was still in her bed and just the Lord giving me a picture about the, the passing from here to there and the joy. And I, it's another story for another day. Maybe just the Lord gave me this incredible encounter and, and, I miss my mom. I still miss my mom. It took me a year. I was still calling her. Like when we were driving back up from Florida, I would always call or text my mom. Welcome to Alabama. Welcome to Georgia. Welcome to Tennessee. Like I would just do that. And Chuck goes, you need to text your dad. You need to text your mom. And go, yeah, I know. Cause like you want to do that. Cause that reflex. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I still miss her, but like, I don't, I don't have this, uh, decap. Um, what's the word? devastating kind of grief about that mm. because my mom was so ready for heaven yeah and she passed so beautifully from here to there mm. i miss her mm-hmm. but there's not like this a uh, crippling kind of i can't function yeah and i think it's because my mom and i just that view of heaven yeah it just changed everything for us yeah it reminds me of this time I was actually in Africa on a uh, trip at this orphanage. And uh, this woman I know, her name was Betty Flo, and she's an older lady. Um, I was a, a friend's mom. And I had just gotten the text that she had passed away. And I'll never forget this because we were at this school and they did this like field day thing. And half the school was yellow, yeah, yellow, and half the school was red. That was like their team color. I mean, all the way from preschool to a senior. So it was really cool to see him doing, it was like a field day. Right. And so, but they're in Africa. So that's the scene and they're doing this race and it's at the very, the end of the day. And it was like the biggest race and it was a long distance run. I don't remember how long it was, but I was like, and half of them were running with no shoes on. Sure. Right. And and they're so fast. Right. And so anyway, we were about to leave. Our trip was almost done, but this was their last day. And this was the last time we would see all these kids. And they would deck themselves out wearing yellow t-shirts and they would put like bandanas on in their little color. It was a big, huge, biggest thing in the whole year. Right. And so that was at the end of this race. And I just got in the text that Betty Flo was in heaven. And I looked up from the text and it was the end of the race. And the, it wasn't the first people. This was like number 10, 11, 12, but the response from their team that it was their team member was over the top I mean there was flags they had this huge flag like made from a broom you know and a piece of fabric they're waving it back and forth they're doing cartwheels I mean and then some of the people would come run out it was like a football field length at the end they would run out to run beside their team person Uh. and the Lord goes it's like this in heaven all the time when Mm. people like Betty Flo come home you know and so when I saw that I thought yes Lord I want to run my race well I want to I want that I can't wait to see yeah that when I get there so the view of, of eternity. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we, we often talk in our podcast and just about anywhere is like just inviting the Lord into every single moment. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I have found those days with my mom and dad, when both of them were dying, it was such holy ground. I know other families have seen that. I know other families where they're singing hymns and crying and all these things. And there's other families where they're dying alone. It's like everybody's Mm. story is so very different. Yeah. So it's not even so much about being with the person is my point. I want to make is I tangibly went back to the Lord and said, can you give me a word for this moment right now? Yeah. Can you show me something Mm -hmm. that I need for this moment in, in both the death of my mother and my father, the Lord gave me a supernatural vision of what was happening Mm. in heaven, much like what you're talking about. Yeah. And it changed the course of everything. So it's like in the deepest deepest moment of hurt in the deepest, darkest place, the Lord's light shines bright. Yeah. His revelation comes, his truth comes, you know, mm-hmm. and he just changes the trajectory of everything. Right. So, um, even in, even if you're walking through, uh, the sorrow of a sudden death, or you've got somebody that's going through a dying process to seek the Lord, seek the Lord in the moment by moment for wisdom and for courage and stamina, um, uh, and then just to have a view of, you know, have a view of eternity there. That almost sounds, we sometimes say that it almost sounds trite, but yeah. heaven, our heavenly experience is even more real than what we're doing right now. Right. Sitting across this table. Yeah. The real us. Mm-hmm. Seated in heavenly places. Seated right? in heavenly places. Yeah. So thanks. Let me talk about that. And I think I owe you a letter. So if I kill over, don't, you know, oh, go through Lord. my computer. <laughs> I don't mean that. I'll be going through. She said she wrote me a letter. She said she wrote me a letter. She said she wrote me a letter. Okay, so the moral of the story today is death is as much a part of living um, as living. Mm. Uh, and to live well, you have to, you have to prepare to die well. Uh, and let's, like, let's live on purpose. Let's live with clean, clean slates, clean hearts, clean hands. And uh, Chuck said he made out um, a life goal the other day to keep uh, short accounts and affirm the shit out of people. That was his life goal. Yes, I could see that. Uh, and he really does do that. You know, that really kind of became a mantra for him is to make amends, apologize, own your stuff, and then just affirm and love people because you just don't know when the window's going to close. Yep. Yeah, let me pray. Lord, I pray for every single person that right this moment is going through a dying process or their family member is. And you know that better than any person anywhere, anytime. And you have said, oh, death, where is your sting? Because you have removed that sting for us. So I just pray for wisdom and, and stamina, just like we talked about. But I also pray for your presence to surround them. I could just release testimony that when both of my parents were dying, you held me so close. When I couldn't breathe, you just held me so close. So I just release that testimony to anyone who's listening to that and needs that kind of comfort. So help us to live well, Lord. Help us to live with a view of seeing you soon. And we just love you and honor you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. On my cheek, deep to deep, you offer me hey, thanks so much for joining our conversation. Hope that you'll take these things back to the Lord and knock it around with Him. Our desire is always that you would hear from the Lord in greater and greater measure for yourself. We would love any support and feedback that you might like to offer. You can reach more information about Greater Things at greater-things.org. And we just bless and honor you today. 
Thanks for your time. It's a gift and we know it. You pull me, you draw.